I'm the Reverend Graham Taylor and I'm the Minister of St Luke's here in Brotty Ferry in Scotland. Today we're going to be thinking about Jesus Christ as the Word of God. And we start doing that by hearing a passage from the Gospel of St John, in fact at the very beginning of that Gospel. I'm going to read to you now from John chapter 1 verse 1 to 14. In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light into everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They were reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Amen. You've got to admit, the panorama of the Bible is breathtaking. One moment we hear of God guiding an obscure tribe in its struggle to survive over 3,000 years ago. Next we join a lonely apostle treading the rocky roads of the eastern Mediterranean. We can even stand beside the mob when evil tried to defeat all goodness at the foot of the cross. However, there's no greater vista than that offered by our reading from John. Since its lofty imagery takes us from the mundane to the extraordinary, from the routine to the spectacular, and from the messy humanness to the perfection of God himself. So today, let us study our text with reverence and with expectation, but above all with a sense of awe. For here and now, God's word is once again spoken, and it is once again taking flesh. Now even the various translations of the Bible we have today do not give us a feeling for the different quality of language in the original text. For example, the Gospel of Mark is written in a very simple style that would suit perfectly the columns of the average local newspaper. However, the first few lines of John are penned in a standard of Greek that would equal any in that ancient tongue's magnificent literature. It is not the language alone that raises today's lesson above the horizon of earthiness. Instead, it's the concept being expressed that causes our translation from the lesser to the greater. And that lifting up comes from the idea of Christ as the Word of God, or Logos, in the Greek. I have to say, at this point, Christians were not the first to use Logos in a symbolic way. 
since the ancient philosophers used the word logos also to mean reason and debate. We can therefore interpret John by saying that the coming of Jesus into the world signified God entering the disputes of the world and giving his reasons. Put directly, when we hear God's word in Christ, we know God's answers, his answers to our problems, to our neighbours' problems, our community's problems. God indeed has the last word. I say, but I can find God's answer in my Bible. That is certainly true. But our scripture is not written as a rule book. Rather, it's an ongoing story of God engaging with his creation. As such, there are those who like to spin their own interpretation on what they are reading. Others cannot discover the divine message for their particularly difficult situation. Possibly some let their fears and anxieties drive frightening things out of the words on the page. Christ, however, as God's definitive word, helps us interpret scripture for this day and age. He helps us to hear the true voice of heaven speaking through biblical narrative and poetry and story. He helps us discover his father's will for this 21st century world, a world desperate for progress and compassion and for hope. I was reading an article this week about a very successful businesswoman who was a vice president of the company that manufactures the scent Chanel. Carol Allen then chose to leave the firm and to start over as a photojournalist. Today she brings some of the globe's most desperate stories to light. The story she's currently documenting is the plight of children with HIV AIDS in Tanzania. Many are orphaned. They are ostracised and victimised. Their futures are at best blighted and likely to be short without the medication they cannot afford. Here is an excellent example of the light that can be shed by the word of God. For just like Carol, Jesus illustrates these tragedies to us. He pictures us praying with them, and then we see ourselves working to bring these sad, sad situations to an end. Christ is therefore always an illuminating word to the wise. He is always a timely word in a sickly season, and the doing word to live and let others live by. The artist Bill Herring loves his home state of Texas in the United States. He sees beauty in the landscape, even in the dry desert ground with its dusty bushes. Most of the time, the outlook and scene is dull. But then there comes what Herring calls the golden hour. In the autumn, these bushes break into bonny yellow flowers. In fact, just before sunset, the whole desert glows with a stunning beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but there are times when I feel that life is like that dull Texan landscape. The growth of one's plans is as stunted as those desiccated plants. It's times like these, godly reading seems to bring no solace, and the words of prayer are far from the mind. Here then is the best way that Christ as word can come to our aid. Because at such times, the times of the desert that soul, Christ's word furnishes us with a golden hour. Since he can be our words even in the most arid place, 
He can be the unvoiced word of encouragement when all other visions have failed. He can indeed be the steadying word, the steadying word of promise, promise of recovery, the promise of hope, the promise of our redemption to the land of joy. So as we approach this another busy, possibly fraught week, let us see in him, Jesus Christ, the word. For just as the bread signified his body and the wine his blood, his word reminds of his reason for his sacrifice in the first place. Since, as the truthful world, we will win every argument against falsehood and deception. Since, as the irradiating world, he will speak of the needy around us and what we must do to bring them a word of comfort. Above all, he, as the eternal world, can speak above the thunder and the fog and the chill of our personal times of bad weather. Because he is the Logos the Logos of our new beginning. He is the Logos of our returning to life in all its brightness. Moreover, he is the Logos, the Logos overcoming our drought with the refreshment of his glory, with his grace and with his heaven-sent salvation. And who can reason that away? Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, come to us as the word of God. Let that word be a word of encouragement. Let that word be a word of inspiration. Let that word be a word of comfort. Let that word be a word of hope. Let that word be a word of eternal life. For in all these we know you will be with us. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of this short time together. I hope you have enjoyed it and been uplifted by it. If you would like to hear more or read more, then please look for my website, Minutes for Christ. And also, subscribe to this podcast at your usual place that you find podcasts. So until we meet again, may the blessing of God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit Go with you now and always. Amen.